This is the Reentry Roadmap Podcast, Episode 5. Did you know that returning home is the hardest part of the entire living abroad experience? And that most returnees are left to muddle through completely on their own? Here's the good news. With the right tools, mindset, and community, you can turn re-entry into a positive, rewarding, and even transformational force in your life. I'm Dr. Kate Brubaker, founder of Small Planet Studio, author of the Reentry Roadmap Workbook, and creator of the Study Abroad Reentry Toolkit. My reentry concepts, language, and materials are used by organizations, universities, programs, and returnees all over the world. If you'd like to welcome more insight, meaning, and ease into your reentry, and go from feeling like you're moving backwards to being a confident forward launcher, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Reentry Roadmap Podcast. Hey, forward launchers! Welcome back to the last episode in the first season of the Reentry Roadmap Podcast. I am so glad that you have joined me on this podcast journey. And before we jump into today's conversation with Hannah, I want to make sure that you know how to get our free quick start guide for reentry. This is a free 10 page guide that will help you find more meaning, insight, and ease in your return after living abroad. And it will help you transform from returnee to a confident forward launcher. So no matter why you were living abroad or how long you were abroad, where you were abroad, or how long you have been in reentry, I think you'll find it helpful. So be sure to head over to smallplanetstudio.com forward slash episode five to download your free quick start guide. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Hannah. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with us about reentry today. Thanks, Kate. I'm really looking forward to it. Why don't we start with uh, your reentry story? Can you give us an introduction to what your reentry experience has been like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my reentry, you know, really, of course, starts with international experiences. So I'll go back to my junior year at Providence College, where I decided to study abroad for two semesters. Um, I was a global studies student there, so we were all required to study abroad. But um, through my studies and through my interests, I was fortunate and privileged enough to be able to choose two SIT study abroad programs for my junior year. So my first semester, I was studying global health in India, South Africa, and Brazil. And it was in a very intense program, a very intense experience, especially considering it was the first time I was away from, you know, my family for that extended period of time, going to all of these new international locations for the first time. Um, I was traveling with 27 other students, so it was also a matter of just getting used to group dynamics, as well as navigating a new culture and then another new culture, and then another new culture. Um, so that experience itself really set off in my international life, um, in my study abroad world, and ultimately, of course, led to my first reentry experience. So once I completed that program, um, at the end of the program, we actually had uh, a retreat at the final week or two of the program to be able to start to think about the reentry experience. And it's interesting because like reflecting back on that time, I knew that studying abroad was going to be a challenge. 
Um, and based on those conversations that they started for us, I knew that going home was going to be a challenge as well, but I don't think that I anticipated exactly how challenging it would be. Um, so I returned home for the first time after that program, and I was home for about two months. So I was able to, you know, just get my footing under me a little bit and be able to say hello to friends and family and experience some holidays together. So it was a nice transition period, but then coming up to February of the following year, I was preparing to study abroad again, and this time in Switzerland. Um, I was continuing a lot of my studies through global health and continuing research within the mental health space that I started in my first semester. So it was a great comparative program to be able to continue the learning that I had for my first semester and to bring that into my second semester. But of course, you know, my second semester had its challenges while I was abroad as well. And once I was leading up to the end of the semester, I remember feeling really scared and uncertain about what coming home would look like after that point. Um, I knew that I had changed so much and I knew that I had experienced all of these new cultures, all of these new places, all of these new people. And translating that into my old world was something that I was definitely worried about. Um, so I went through that process. Um, I had a summer at home before I returned to Providence College. And returning to campus was definitely a challenge in itself because you know, similar to going to international locations, each college campus has its own culture as well. So in addition to re-entering into um, the culture of the United States, I was also re-entering into the specific culture of Providence College. So that definitely proposed a lot of challenges as well and um, ultimately led me to wanting to be very intentional about my experience and where I was placing my energy once I did return. Um, and so I became, the, the study abroad girl. Um, I, you know, <laughs> dove into everything study abroad. I was working in the study abroad office. I became um, a global ambassador on campus. So I was giving information sessions for study abroad. I was sharing my experience at different um, freshman orientations or um, alumni and family events. Um, I was really, you know, diving into that space to kind of hold on to that identity that I um, started to develop when I was studying abroad. And ultimately, those two reentry experiences, as well as my study abroad experiences, led me into the world of international education. And that allowed me to stay connected with that international self. Um, but it was also a long and hard process because breaking into the international education field can be a challenge. Um, so ultimately, that process led me in a roundabout way to the Philippines. Um, where I was an intern with Go Abroad for six and a half months. And so this experience, similar to my past two experiences abroad, was very challenging, was um, very transformational, was very exciting, but had a lot of ups and downs. And so again, once I came to the end of my experience in the Philippines, I remember again feeling scared about going home, scared to kind of face the changes and the challenges that I knew would come up through going home. Um, and ultimately set the same intention with myself that I did the first time around, that I wanted to be intentional about where my energy was going and ultimately continued to decide to, to pursue international education, um, which led me back and again in a full circle sort of way back to SIT study abroad, which is where I'm working now. And through all of these experiences, you know, I've been able to reflect on my reentry experience so much more because 
of course, I'm still working in the study abroad world, so it's kind of inescapable at this point, but for my own journey as well, um, I continue to reflect on that reentry experience over and over again, even years later. Wow, you've had so many different types of reentry at different times, after different experiences from different locations. Um, and you mentioned that you had a little bit of a reentry program at one point. Do you remember a couple of things that, um, that were talked about or that you did during that reentry program? Yeah, absolutely. One of the, the parts of the reentry program that I remember most vividly was we did these sort of role play experiences where, you know, I would be connected with someone else on my program and we would, um, one of us would choose to be, let's say, a grandparent and the other person would be the returnee coming back from this intense program that we all just experienced. And so we'd kind of go through the process of trying to put the words together to articulate what it was that we had just experienced um, and doing so with different audiences. So whether it be a grandparent, whether it be friends, whether it be family. And then we also did it with the less specific um, label of a person, but rather almost in a way of like an elevator pitch. Okay, so you are being approached by someone who probably isn't interested in having more than a 10 minute conversation with you about this. How do you want to present your experience and how do you want to talk about that in a productive way as well as a way that is um, reflecting the true experience itself. Um, so I remember going through and having those different conversations with people who very intimately understood the experience that we all just shared um, and then going home still with those kind of in my toolbox and still being left pretty surprised by um, the difficult challenge it was navigating through those conversations and learning to articulate my experience. And to be completely honest, I don't think that I've ever really um, come to a point of being able to fully articulate those experiences. So it's, it's definitely an ongoing process that even though it started that first semester and having those conversations and bringing people together who ultimately had a shared experience with me, it was still really hard to be able to navigate exactly how to express those feelings. I can so relate to that. <laughs> I mean, it, seems, it sounds like it would be um, helpful to be able to talk to people who've been through the same experience um, because you could help each other kind of reflect and they understand you and everything. But I mean, I kind of went through a few of those things myself when I was returning home and, and I found that I had a hard time just putting things into words. You know, it was just like all these emotions that I felt and I felt a lot of things, but I couldn't articulate them, could not put them into words. Did you find that you had the same challenge or was it easy to do that or tell me a little bit more about that i absolutely still find it challenging to put those feelings into words quite a bit i think it was definitely helpful to have those conversations starting after my first semester because you know the reentry experience is part of the international immersion experience it's something that of course if you leave and then you return it's going to be inevitable to to return to what, to feel what, to have changed in what ways, to be a different person, to really unpack and understand that experience. I definitely think community is such an important piece in that. And having people who had been on my study abroad program with me 
and then going back to the United States where we are all dispersed in different areas, I, I felt like I left that I lost that lifeline. You know, I, I lost mm-hmm. that shared yeah. language. I lost that shared experience. Um, so it was definitely hard once I didn't have those people in close proximity to me to be able to continue to talk about my experience. Um, so it was definitely challenging to articulate those feelings as well as, you know, just the day-to-day life that is living in a different country. Um, and I was often met with some disappointment and frustration with the questions that people would ask me because oftentimes it was, oh, how was your semester abroad? Or what was your favorite part? Or because I was able to travel to so many different locations, I'm often asked, you know, what's your favorite country? Mm -hmm. And so whenever I get those questions, and I'm sure you can relate to that um, as well, it's, it's hard to answer, number one. And number two, I feel like each one is a loaded question in its own way because there's so many different ways that I can talk about it, but it's also just scratching the surface of what that experience is, the experience encompasses. Um, So I definitely think that that was a challenge in addition to really just finding the words, but it was also the challenge of of being asked the right questions. Um, And I, I definitely relied on others too much to ask me the right questions because Um, You know, if I had the tools at the time, I could have been asking myself those questions, which I think would have helped me to articulate my feelings, understand that the reentry experience is valid, which of course I knew from having that wrap up as part of the last weeks of my program, but then jumping into a space where I was surrounded by a lot of people who didn't understand that experience or weren't going through it themselves. Um, I found that it was, it was easy to invalidate that experience, even though I, I knew that it was something that I was going through and I knew that it was something that was normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think so often we're expected, or if we're working with attorneys, we kind of expect them to make this huge leap and we jump over, we skip over all these important things that we need to process, like being able to identify how we're feeling, identify, um, how we've changed, identify how we've grown. And it takes time and reflection and often being asked the right question. Like we feel these things, but we don't quite know how to pull them out and express them in ways that are meaningful for other people. How, how did you, I mean, do you remember now how you felt in reentry? Did you feel the same during those different reentries or what did that vary? I definitely think each experience varied a little bit because I was returning to a different place each time. So the first reentry experience, um, like I mentioned, I had this about two month period that I returned home to my parents' house. Um, so that was definitely an interesting experience because again, it was not the first time that I was living away from my parents because I had been living at Providence College prior to that, but it was the longest period of time that I'd gone without seeing my parents in person. Um, It was the longest period of time that I had been out of the country. Um, So just, I mean, small, the smallest of things, I remember being a big adjustment. Um, Throughout my semester, we, we followed a lot of hot weather throughout India, South Africa, and Brazil. So um, that was during the fall semester. And so coming home from a fall semester, you're coming home to the winter in the United States. So I remember getting off the airplane and the the person who you know I was the first person I saw off the airplane um, one of the first things that they said jokingly was welcome to the North Pole 
And that was because, you know, we were all flying back and landing at that point in New Jersey after flying from Brazil and coming into winter. And I didn't have like a winter jacket with me or anything. So it just kind of made me laugh um, because that experience was um, one, again, of chasing heat for so long. And then to come back to a completely different reality of the winter setting in and also returning back to the United States. I mean, even the smallest things of putting toilet paper in the toilet, again, was a huge adjustment or readjustment. Um, hearing and being surrounded by people who were speaking English all the time was a huge readjustment. So that first experience was a lot of those um, smaller things of just kind of being away from the United States for a few months and then returning back and being like, oh yeah, this is how things work. So I think my second time around, I didn't have to go through that process as much as I did that first time. Um, but I was, again, returning back to my parents' house for a couple of months. And then after that, it was going back to Providence College's campus. And I remember being much more scared about that process because I knew how much I had changed. I knew how long I had been away from all of my friends, from all of my global studies peers, from all of the people that had meant so much to me at one point, and being unsure of exactly where I stood with them. So there was a lot of additional um, social challenges that came up in that second time um, that was definitely harder to navigate. Um, so again, like I, I think I skipped a lot of steps in my reentry and, and jumped into that forward launch period because I was so excited about my experience and I wanted to find ways to hold on to it. So I was definitely, like I said, I became that study abroad girl. Um, everybody knew that I had had those experiences and I was doing everything I could to share them. So that became part of my identity, but it definitely um, skipped over a lot of those steps of just feeling my feelings and understanding that a lot of the adjustment that I was experiencing was because the reentry experience is such a, a challenging one and is one that does look different every single time. Um, and so it was hard to navigate that, and especially because a lot of my friends that I was returning to weren't sharing the same experience of being abroad the prior semesters. So there was all, often that lack of belonging or that lack of sense of belonging that I had once had with those group of people. So that was definitely challenging in my second time around. But I feel like, again, building off of those first two experiences, my third time was Again, another challenge in and of itself, but similarly, near the end of my experience, I remember feeling a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, and ultimately, each time my biggest fear almost happened or played out in my reentry experience, um, ultimately, my biggest fear was my, my world changing once I got home. And of course, people's lives go on while you're away, so I think that was something um, that that continued realization, you know, life happens while life is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so that was definitely very present in my third reentry experience as well. And it's funny because I, I don't think I've mentioned this to you before, but I'm pretty sure while I was nearing the end of my experience in the Philippines, that's when I found um, the reentry work that you do. And I remember watching um, a webinar of yours talking about the iceberg within the reentry experience and how you know, you only see 
externally the tip of the iceberg and that's a lot of the travel logistics and like the the simple things of transitioning back home mm-hmm. and then the the part that isn't really seen on the surface is all of that that emotion that feeling that readjustment that identity that belonging and all of those pieces you know having that resource kind of pop up while I was in that third experience or entering that third experience of re-entry I was finally able to open myself up to, okay, there's more going on here and there's more that I need to dive into. And so mm-hmm. I think my third reentry experience has been my most successful in some ways. Um, I don't know if there is true success necessarily in reentry, but it was definitely um, a different experience that I was able to process my feelings in a different way. But more than that, I think I, I started to reach out to people and to have conversations and to build community around the reentry experience. And I also started seeing a therapist, which I think was a huge turning point in my experience, both for you know my own personal challenges throughout that experience or throughout those several years, but also reflecting back into my reentry experience as well. Um, over that period of time, like I've been able to learn to better articulate myself and my feelings and to just allow myself to feel those feelings, which I think is such an important part of this process. I do too. And that's something we often have to learn, you know, especially if we didn't grow up with people helping us become comfortable with identifying and then feeling those feelings. A lot of times we just not, we just don't want to do that. We want to push them aside because they can be uncomfortable or painful. And so it's, it's totally normal. It's natural to want to do that. But um, you know, I thought it was interesting. You were talking about a successful reentry. Uh, I think you were saying your third reentry feels like that one was the, like more successful because you had more tools to process and, and things like that. And, and I think that was, that's interesting because I think everyone would define successful a little bit differently, but I think that it, it it's a successful reentry is when you do have the tools to be able to um, identify and process not only your emotions, but also um, how the experience has changed you, how you've grown, and to be able to process enough so that you gain insight that you can apply to what you want to do and then actually move forward. So you've talked a little bit about some of the things that helped you process your reentry. Can you talk a little bit about like some of the insight that you gained from that, doing that processing and how that helped you move forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I mentioned, you know, starting to go to therapy was a huge transition in that period of of really helping me dive into um, validating my experience as well as learning to articulate my feelings and the experience itself. Um, I definitely think building a community and and finding the Small Planet Studio community as well was um, very helpful in that because I'm not the only one that has gone through this. And I think you know, just that simple insight alone, like you're not alone in your reentry experience. There are other people who have experienced similar feelings and there are other people who can help either guide you through that process or help support you through that process. Because even if the people who are directly in your lives may not be able to fully relate or fully um, understand that sort of experience, there are other people who can help and who can support that experience. So I think creating that community, you know, finding um, ways to process my feelings, both for myself internally, as well as starting to be able to share more about that with others. Um, It's been a huge, huge part of my learning process because 
like you said, I think a lot of people just want to jump over, skip over the hard part of reentry of really digging deep into those feelings and just allowing ourselves to feel. It's not something that comes naturally to us and is definitely something that isn't um, given as much credit within our society and I think could definitely benefit from a shift in thinking and um, feeling our feelings, sitting with those feelings, letting them come and letting them pass, I think is, I mean, just the most incredible experience within all of this because having this big international experience and not knowing what to do with it, I think takes away from the experience itself because it's not just a, a beginning and an end closed book let's move on with the rest of my life sort of experience, it integrates into everything else that we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So finding the ways that we can really unpack that experience and learn about ourselves through that and then integrate it into who we, who we are and who we want to be. I just, that process itself, I think is so, so important. And I think it's something that can be pretty challenging to do on your own. I think it can be challenging to do without tools. I think it can be challenging to do without a community. Um, but ultimately, I, you know, I, I think I go back to, and I, I often said it throughout my experience as well, but like, you just gotta let yourself feel. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's not pleasant, but ultimately, as you process those feelings, you're able to move into a different space in that forward launch and you're able to move with more intention and more understanding about yourself and the place that you hold within your world and then I think it helps to create a better vision of who we want to be and how to get to be that person um, so definitely takes that experience and helps to not have it just be one chapter of our lives but rather be the beginning of who we are and who we want to become I love how you expressed all that. <laughs> it's just Thank perfect. you. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, what I, what I always say is that living abroad is the catalyst. That's where we're out having experiences. We're doing things. We're feeling all sorts of things. We're changing. We're growing. But we're in the, and we're reflecting, but we're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's really like that's the catalyst. And when we go home, when we're in reentry, we have this great opportunity we can process it and reflect on all those things and dive into sometimes those difficult feelings and um, deal with sometimes some difficult decisions with relationships and career and academics and all sorts of things like that. Um, but it's re-entry and that processing that makes all of the, the, all that growth visible mm -hmm. and it solidifies it. And so if we don't process it, if we don't take time to reflect and process, it just kind of doesn't do much. And I, I remember that for myself, like it just sort of the reflection that I did just sort of stayed at this level of vague awareness. Mm -hmm. And I might be able, you know, maybe I came up with a good elevator pitch for a career situation, but there was always this little bit of a disconnect. I didn't fully emotionally connect with it. And it was hard for me to express it in a way that was really meaningful to me or to the other person. But when you really process it and you see the living abroad as that catalyst and you come home and you're like, this is where I can really make this meaningful and real and visible. It just, it just feels so different. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting hearing you, you say that because it makes me even reflect on 
you know, why I chose to study abroad in the first place and how that ultimately led to what my reentry experience was. I think in a lot of ways, I wanted to prove to myself as well as to others that I could handle living an international life. I didn't have family or many friends before me study abroad, so I, I was jumping into this experience without having much of an example of, of what to do or what that experience is like. So I, I didn't really have any sort of direct person to go to and say, how did this make you feel? Like what, what ended up coming up for you or how was that experience? How has it changed you? And so when I came back from all of those different experiences, I think, you know, like I mentioned before, I, I expected so much for other people to be interested in my experiences and to ask me interesting questions that would prompt me into all of these incredible stories or, you know, reflect on my experience in such a way that, I don't know, possibly externally proved to them who it was that I wanted to be. But again, just like you're saying, unpacking that experience and doing that self-reflection, I realize now that I don't have to prove it to anybody else. I am the person that I am and I hold the experiences that I've gone through. And especially with being able to unpack those experiences and work through the feelings of those experiences, it helps me be more established in very much a sense of self, um, especially considering, you know, the last time that I had a big reentry experience, I ended up moving to um, Vermont and I've been here in the same place for over a year since. So it's, it's something that those experiences and being able to help reflect on those experiences has prepared me to be a little bit more still in my life, mm -hmm. which I think is something that I was so scared to do before especially after I, I started going. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, once you have that first experience, like you want to keep seeking yeah. that experience again and again. And, and in being still, or a little bit more still, at least in this past year, I think it's allowed me to really solidify the importance of the reentry experience and unpacking all of those feelings because I can recognize that in my life now in Vermont, I am able to learn so many of the same lessons that I'm able to learn while I'm in a new country or working within a new culture or experiencing a new language. You know, we have all of those things at our fingertips here as well. And I think being able to finally unpack those experiences in such a way that I can say, those have all added to my identity, but those don't make up all that my identity is. I can be my international self in a local setting you know I can still be rooted here but have those global wings and I think that that is a huge huge realization that I've had in the past year that especially you know while we're recording this we're at kind of the tail end of a lot of quarantine experiences and I think that's still continuing in the world right now but having that added stillness into my life has of course brought up those feelings of oh when's my next international trip going to be like when am I going to be experiencing that different or new feeling but being able to unpack that experience those past experiences helps me realize that we're also in that space right now we're dealing with something that's very new that's very different that's very scary and you know similar to how we have to readjust when we come back to the United States or wherever home is for whatever individual I also think that in our current circumstances, you know, we're also experiencing in a lot of ways a reentry experience in 
quote unquote normal life. Um, so I think that all of my unpacking, all of my sitting with those hard feelings and letting them come and letting them pass has allowed me to go into new situations that um, have a lot of ambiguity and a lot of uncertainty and feel rooted in myself and feel rooted in my capabilities of making it through and being able to really unpack those experiences both as they're happening and also um, in a reflective manner of looking back and saying, okay, so what did that actually do or how did that actually make me feel? So I definitely feel like it's comparable to a lot of what we're going through right now as a culture and gives us the tools to be able to face those situations in a very healthy and productive way. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I like how you put all that. I, you know, I was thinking about, um, what you, were, what you were saying about reflecting and finding stillness and everything. And I think a lot of us in reentry, because, we because we did so much while we were abroad and we like that, that action and you know, being, being go-getters and doing so many things and learning so many things. And it's visible, people can see what we're doing. And a lot of times people think it's really cool. And then we come home and we want that newness and excitement and we wanna keep moving forwards. And that, again, that's what's visible, but we need to take some time for it to find that stillness and go within ourselves, but that's not visible. And so a lot of people don't know what we're doing or they don't understand what we're doing. And it can, that, that can be challenging because we kind of feel like we're on our own. Um, and I could relate to what you were saying about wanting, you know, kind of like seeking out or wanting other people to ask us questions and being disappointed when they don't do that. And I think sometimes we want those questions because we're seeking something that will help us reflect. Mm -hmm. And so those questions, you know, by talking about this kind of stuff or having somebody ask you a question that they haven't asked, someone hasn't asked you before, it kind of helps you reflect. And so we're, we're seeking these things out, but sometimes that stillness can be really uncomfortable. But I like to think of it as fuel. So, you know, you need, a car needs fuel to continue moving forward. And so you have to stop at a gas station, you have to stop at a rest area, and you have to actually stop driving and go out and get the gas and put it in the car so you can keep moving forward. And, um, and re-entries like that as well. You know, we need to take some time to stop and reflect, and that creates fuel for us to continue on that forward launch. Mm -hmm. And um, but it can be difficult, especially if you don't quite know what your next step is or what questions to ask yourself. Absolutely. And, and hearing you say that, it, it also makes me reflect on, so after each international experience I had, because those re-entry experiences in between my semesters abroad and then after my semester abroad and before I went to the Philippines, because I wasn't sitting with those feelings and unpacking them as much as I could have been during that time, I remember feeling so unprepared and not ready to leave again. I was terrified to leave for Switzerland. I was terrified to leave for the Philippines, both out of fear of understanding that each experience was going to be challenging. And I was, you know, jumping headfirst into um, the deep end of who knows what that experience was going to be like. But in addition to the scariness of leaving, before I even left, I was already scared of coming back home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the changes in relationships, the changes in, in purpose or, you know, what interests me, 
um, all of those things were things that I had experienced changes in in the past. And so each time I was terrified of being able to handle that again because I hadn't unpacked that enough or hadn't sat with those feelings enough. And now, you know, with the stillness that I've been able to have in the past year, I feel more ready than ever to go on another international experience. But it's not even in the sense that I feel like I need that international experience to teach me something or to um, help me, you know, unveil like a new part of my personality or a new part of my identity. But I'm ready to have those experiences because I've healed from my past experiences, because I've sat with the feelings from my past experiences and have really understood the transformation that I've, I've felt because of them and through them. And so it makes me so excited for the next opportunity, you know, if and when that happens. Um, it's hard to know when travel will happen again, but it, it's a great opportunity to be able to reflect, especially more deeply on those experiences that we've already had um, and understanding the feelings and the transformation that has happened during those times. Uh, one of the, the best pieces of advice that I got before I studied abroad um, was a fellow global studies major at Providence College who told me that we often underestimate our ability to adapt. And she was saying this in reference to going abroad and studying abroad and going into new cultures, staying with host families, learning new languages. But I also think it's so relevant in our day-to-day -day lives. So understanding that experience not only helps with that international experience, but it really helps with who we are as an everyday person. And so I think, you know, finally being able to really sit with those feelings and process through them, I feel more adaptable in my day-to-day -day life, but also ready to take on new adventures in the future, whether that is in the United States or whether it is um, somewhere else in the world. It, it allows me to feel more excitement. And I completely agree with what you're saying about, you know, we need that stillness to be able to fuel up. I've never felt so full in my life and that's been with a lot of stillness. So I feel like it's a huge lesson learned that, you know, we don't necessarily need those international experiences to be able to understand those parts of our identities, but those are definitely catalysts in that process. And being able to reflect deeply helps to integrate that learning into everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, you've got, I mean, you are definitely, you've got the forward launch going on. Because you're not, you're not skipping over things. You're not running away from those difficult feelings or the questions or things that you can't quite process or you know, don't know how to process. And you're not just trying to move into something else and recreate what you enjoyed a few or several years ago. That's something that you know, we typically do in reentry if we don't know how to process all these things. We just kind of want to run back to um, what felt really great previously. But that can lead to just recreating experiences that are not, that don't actually help us grow, that don't really fulfill us, but we don't know what will help us grow or help fulfill us or really move us forward until we do all that processing, which you've done, which is fantastic. And then you find that sense of peace and you realize that, you realize like what is really important to you, like those global life ingredients. You know, you realize this is what I absolutely need in my life. And I need this no matter where I am. And then you can find that next experience that really is right for you. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's where you expect it. Sometimes that is abroad. And sometimes that's not abroad. But, you know, it just, it makes you find, you feel that, that sense of peace and 
forward movement that feels really, really good. Absolutely. And that, I think, is, again, why I call this, this most recent reentry experience of mine the most successful, um, because I can absolutely see the difference in where I am today compared to where I was after the experiences that I had had in the past. And I think you're, you're so right. And being able to process those feelings helps to lead to a much more productive and healthy forward launch because it's not avoidant behavior, but it's actually integrating everything that we have learned and figuring out what that means for us in the future. And I think, you know, when I jumped back onto Providence College's campus, I skipped all of the, the feelings things because that was too hard for me at the time. I didn't have the tools. Um, you know, even though I was returning to other global studies majors who had studied abroad and was able to even take a, a course in um, called Crossing Borders with other people who returned from studying abroad, being able to have that community and have those conversations, I still felt a disconnect because there was something missing. There was something that even though I had these people who could share my experiences, I still felt like I was the only one that was struggling as much as I was. And then I didn't want to say something about that because if nobody else was struggling, well, why was I struggling? And mm -hmm. so I just jumped into that next step of saying, okay, well, I really enjoyed this. So let's recreate that. You know, just like you're saying, let's keep making that experience happen again and again. And absolutely this time around through my reentry, I was able to, in some ways, detach myself from certain identities of being that study abroad girl or being everything international education. Of course, that's still a huge part of what I do and who I am, but it's not the only thing that I am. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think being able to have that as part of my identity, but also not be the only identity that I hold has been a very powerful experience and is ultimately, I think, the, the point of these international experiences themselves. It's, it's really being able to create and develop and nurture that identity that we have and international experiences, domestic experiences, work experiences, relationships, all of those definitely are opportunities to hold up a mirror to ourselves and to see who we are in that situation and then reflect on if that is who we want to be or who we want to be, you know, five years into the future. Um, so I think being able to have the, the past re-entry experiences that I did have and building on those to get to where I am today, it's definitely been a huge transformation. And I think is one that, you know, now that I have the tools in my toolbox, I could do in one re-entry experience in a different way rather than having to build off of three re-entry experiences. Mm -hmm. But everybody, you know, has their own timeline. Everybody has their own space that they need to take to process. And for me, it took me a long time to be able to really open up about the emotional parts of the experience and to be able to articulate that, that to other people. So as much as it's important to go through that, I also think it's important to give ourselves the space and the time we need to be able to get there because ultimately, if we want to work through it, we can get there. And sometimes it takes time and sometimes yeah. it takes community yeah. and sometimes it takes extra support and all of those things are perfectly okay. Everybody's reentry experience is going to be different. And Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's some of the beauty in it, right? Like we all are having these experiences that change who we are down to our core. 
and we can all talk about it. We can all share about it, but it's unique to ourselves in a certain extent. And being able to share those experiences, I think, is just an incredible way to build community, even if people don't have that same experience that you had. Yeah, and it's an ongoing process. Sometimes you find the meaning in an experience very quickly, and mm -hmm. sometimes it takes longer, you know, sometimes in months or years. Um, I mean, it's been decades now <laughs> since my first <laughs> impactful reentry. And because I do this reentry work, I think about it quite often. And mm -hmm. I still am unpacking some of it. I'm still finding um, new connections and, you know, learning new things and finding more insight. So it's, a, it's an experience that can always be mined. It doesn't, you, you know, it's not like we're restricted to um, a few weeks or a few months after, mm -hmm. you know, reentry. Reentry is really just the rest of our lives after you've been abroad. And sometimes we think about it more than others. Sometimes it affects us more you know, than other times, but um, there's no time limit on processing it or, or really gaining insight from it. You can always mm -hmm. gain insight from it. Oh, Hannah, this has been so fascinating. And I, I just, I love hearing you talk about reentry because you, you know, you just talk about it so beautifully. And, um, and I can tell that you really reflected on this and really made, um, made it meaningful for you and, and grown from it. So it's just fantastic to hear that. And, um, where so if, if people would like to connect with you and talk with you more about your reentry experience, where can they find you? People can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me Hannah Sorilla, S-O-R-I-L-A. Um, if you do find me on LinkedIn and want to connect, definitely send me a note letting me know this is how you found me. I'd love to be able to talk reentry with you, whether it's your own experience or uh, an experience that a family member had, or if you're working with students. Um, I love connecting on LinkedIn, so feel free to check me out there. Um, you can also find me on the Small Planet Studio um, blog, as well as um, the Facebook group. So if you're in the Facebook group, feel free to connect with me, ask me questions, or I'd be happy to um, set up a time to chat and just hear about other people's reentry experience as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us and share your reentry experiences. Thank you so much, Kate. I really had a great time unpacking this even further with you. Okay, Forward Launchers, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. If you want more, we've got a lot more for you over at smallplanetstudio.com, including the show notes for this episode and our free quick start guide for finding more meaning, insight, and ease in reentry. There's also a link to our Reentry Roadmap Facebook group where you'll find an instant community of supportive people who totally get what you're going through. And remember, while living abroad is the catalyst, reentry is where your transformation is made visible. So head over to smallplanetstudio.com forward slash episode five to download the quick start guide so you can start making reentry the most meaningful and powerful part of your entire living abroad journey. I can't wait for you to get this freebie because I think you're going to find it incredibly helpful. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you automatically get access to future episodes and bonuses. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review. The more five-star reviews we get, especially right now as we're just launching this podcast, the easier it will be for other returnees to find episodes like this one. All right, talk to you next time.